Hey podcast, Claire here, your resident, non-diet, food pun-loving, peanut butter and jelly eating, registered dietitian and host, that was a mouthful, I feel like I need to take a breath after that, host of the Yours Truly podcast is here to share episode 77 with you. I am truly glad that you are joining in from wherever you are. If you are joining us in real time on the day that this releases, happy Wednesday, a big congratulations to you for making it halfway through the week. And I'm really excited to bring a solo conversation with um, on the podcast to you, there we go, words today, um, to talk about something that I learned or observed as I was traveling over the past couple of days. I always like to be really clear with my clients that yes, I'm a dietitian, I'm a coach, I'm here to help support and guide you know, other people's intuitive eating journeys, but I am also still learning about my own body and my own food preferences and my own relationship with food daily. So this episode is going to be a little bit of a personal story that has a lesson that I, I hope you can think about and maybe take away from because I really had to, to sit back and take my own advice when I hadn't really had to do that in a while because I work alone. <laughs> I don't see a ton, a ton of people, you know, face to face every single day. So I feel like sometimes, you know, I personally can be a little bit isolated to what intuitive eating might look like when we are out interacting with other people or traveling or just come maybe out of our daily routines a little bit. So I'm really excited that you are joining me. And if you have been here on the podcast before, you know we have kind of a pecking order of how things go. So we will start with our Yours Julie Goal Slayer featured post of the week. Then I have an exciting announcement for any RD2Bs or future registered dietitians out there, a really cool opportunity that I have coming your way and then we will hop into just a little brief story and then the takeaway that I have to share with you all today. So the Yours Chili Goal Slayer featured post of the week is coming from a really wonderful community member who has been a part of our group for quite a while now. She is very active in our community. She is always supporting, sharing thoughts, and what she had to share this past week or what I'm about to read has something to do with the theme of New Year's challenges in the workplace. So I want to read this and then there was a lot of really wonderful support and thoughts in the comments that I'd love to share for anyone who might be dealing with a similar situation who is tuning into the podcast today. So she writes, I don't think that workplace air quote weight loss challenges should be allowed. And then she has like an angry face emoji. I'm literally on a mandatory call with staffing updates and the last 10 minutes was to review the new challenge that they're encouraging everyone to take part in, which is around heavy air quotes here, wellness, the wellness diet and weight loss. 
So she writes this, there are a lot of responses in the community. Instead of the typical heart and the like faces there, there's a lot of, you know, angry faces and surprised faces. You know how you can react on Facebook. You can say angry or I'm in shock or I'm surprised. Well, that is the response that this post got in our community. And that is also the response that I offered. Uh, so if you are working in an environment where these quote unquote wellness challenges, and I put that in heavy air quotes because what they really are promoting is restriction, cutting out food groups, ignoring your hunger cues in order to manipulate your body to be quote-unquote healthier, I really just want to first and foremost send a lot of compassion to you because I know if you are on an intuitive eating journey, if you're working to heal your own relationship with food, but you are surrounded by messages that are promoting a very different set of principles and a very different set of values when it comes to health, I know how challenging that can be to go up against those messages that seem to be knocking down this new mindset that you are trying to create for yourself. So she put this here, and there was a lot of uh, really wonderful response in our community. People saying, oh my goodness, you know, we have the same thing going on at my work or here's something that I have done in these situations. And, and I'm not going to read the comments exactly, but I think the resounding pieces of advice that, that people shared was, well, how might you feel about, you know, standing up again to your level of comfort to these messages and maybe letting whoever is in charge of putting this type of information out, just kind of using this is a time to educate and help that individual or those individuals see that this messaging around food and weight loss could actually be really harmful to the vast majority of the population instead of really helpful. I think something that I always try to remind myself of, again, since we live in this diet culture, we live in the, the culture of the wellness diet, right? Where Christy Harrison, she, she talks a ton about, you know, if you eat this way and you move your body in this way, then you'll be well. Or we only eat whole real foods, right? And the impression is that we're doing this for our health and our wellness, but oftentimes it really comes with this undertone of, but we're doing this to be a different size or we're doing this to lose weight or if you engage in these behaviors and you don't lose weight, then you're doing a bad job. It's kind of under this guise of we're here to be healthier, but the, the habits, the behaviors and the mindsets that are pushed within these challenges are very much not of the healthy mindset. So again, Something I try to remind myself of is since we do live in this culture where these behaviors are rather normalized and promoted on the large scale, I try to keep in mind that, you know, hopefully we can hope, we can dream maybe that the individuals who create these types of challenges, maybe they are doing it with the intention to promote healthy behaviors and well-being amongst communities, in the workplace, whatever that might be. But oftentimes, maybe they don't see that the impact might be far worse than that intention. That is something that I talk about a lot with my clients when we're talking about 
you know, dieting language or challenges like this, right? The, the intention behind these challenges or these messages might be good or to promote health, but what really matters is the impact that these challenges have. And the harsh reality of that is the impact of promoting restrictive behaviors or promoting moving a certain amount throughout the day, you know, or promoting eating this way and not that way is that for some individuals, the things can be taken to an extreme they can you know fall on what might already be a rocky relationship with food and they can really exacerbate things and make things worse for a lot of individuals who have a history of chronic dieting or disordered eating or eating disorders who are trying to distance themselves from these messages so again if you're in a position where you're maybe nodding your head saying, oh my goodness, my workplace is doing this or my school is doing this. I've had multiple people reach out to me and say, hey, I'm a teacher and you know all the teachers around me are engaging in these challenges or hey, you know my corporate wellness agency is promoting these messages. Well, if you feel comfortable, if you feel like it's your place and it's really hard for you to ignore these messages and opt out, again, it could just be a really wonderful place to educate to take your perspective of how harmful, how not healthy this could be for many people and just let those individuals know. Maybe you will plant the seed for a little bit of change for them reframing or rethinking these challenges for the next year. And hey, maybe you never even know this could be a positive move, not only for you, but it could also be really helpful for other people in the future who also feel the same way that you do, but maybe who aren't willing to say anything quite yet. So again, I want to thank this goal slayer for putting this out there, for expressing her frustration, because I know she is not the only person who is maybe living in a workplace culture where these things are going on. And I just want to offer you, whoever is listening, that if you are agreeing, if this resonates, I just want to offer that permission slip that you do not have to opt in to those messages. You can say, no, thank you. You can bring your perspective to the table, pun intended, and maybe just start to, again to, to plant that seed that there is another way to approach health and wellness. And we don't have to do that in a way that is so weight centric and weight focused because hashtag weight is not a behavior. Okay. I'm going to step off of my pedestal now because I could go on and on about this topic forever, but I always like to end this segment of our podcast by inviting you to join us in our community if you are not there already. Hopefully, if you listen to the podcast week in and week out, you are hanging out, chilling out, relaxing, hanging with us in the community. But if you are not, please come and do so. I post in there daily. I do weekly live videos. There is so much awesome community support that goes on. I really can't recommend this enough for anyone who is wanting to learn more about intuitive eating or gather support along his, her, or their journey. So if you are interested, please find the link to the application in my bio on Instagram. Or you can also type in yours to the Goal Slayers in the search bar on Facebook, hit request to join, and I will message you the link to the application. Again, the community is free, but I do have everyone fill out this application beforehand so that I can get to know you and you can understand what the community is all about and the few ground rules that we do have and operate by to keep this place the best little corner of the internet ever. So please come and join us. And with that said, 
And I have a really fun announcement, like I hinted to at the beginning of the episode, for any of my future registered dietitians out there, any hashtag RD2Bs. It's really hard to say, but I know that is a hashtag that goes around. I used that as well when I was a future dietitian. So if this label fits you, if you are aspiring to be a dietitian, if you're in school and you would like to know what it is like to run and operate a virtual nutrition coaching practice from the intuitive eating perspective, then I am looking to bring on an intern. La la la, so exciting. I don't know why I'm just saying, I think the excitement just escaped my body because I couldn't be more excited to have some really fun tasks and learning opportunities to bring on an intern for. So if you're looking for more information on what this opportunity holds, you know, time commitments, requirements to apply, all of the information that you might need to figure out if you will be a good fit or if you want to apply, There's a big dump truck going by my house, so I hope you can't hear the beeping, but if you can, I'm sorry. Uh, But anyways, you can find the link to that application and the link to learn more in my bio on Instagram. Once you go there, it will be very clear where you need to head, but I highly encourage, again, any future dietitian who loves intuitive eating, who is interested in the health at every size movement and wants to learn how to take these principles and implement them in a virtual process private practice. This is a really great opportunity for you to get in the trenches with me, to put in some work, to learn, and to hopefully do a lot of things that will benefit wherever you choose to go in the future of your career in this field. So that is all I'm going to say. Applications are up and live. They will probably be up for about a week. So if this is piquing your attention, please go and do this ASAP so we can get the ball rolling and I can let you know all the details as soon as possible. But without further ado, we're transitioning to the bulk of our episode today where I would love, as I mentioned earlier, to share a little bit of a personal story and what I hope that you can take away from this very important reminder that I ran across this weekend as I was traveling. So as you might know, if you follow me on social media, I spent the last couple of days in California. Uh, Yes, if you're wondering, my body is like still incredibly confused as to what time it was. (laughs) I live on the East Coast, so whenever I travel to the West Coast, I wake up at like 4 a.m. naturally because it's like 7 a.m. East Coast time, and then I want to go to bed at like 7 p.m. when I'm over there. So it's a little bit of an adjustment, and I was there for just long enough to get used to West Coast time before I transition back. So I've really spent the past couple of days sleeping, resting, and reacclimating to my life over here in Virginia. But all that aside, I think it's fair to say that when you are traveling, when I travel, when you travel, hopefully anyone who travels will agree with this, that you kind of get thrown off of your normal routine and your normal schedule. Your sleeping pattern is a bit off. Um, You might be moving your bodies in different ways. You might be eating different types of food. You might be eating at different times of the day. And I don't mean to say this in a negative way. 
I think a lot of the time traveling is a really wonderful way to test your flexibility when it comes to your patterns, your eating schedules, the, the opportunities that you have to eat and try new foods. So it can be a really wonderful opportunity to learn about yourself and to grow and to maybe even figure out where you need more work in your intuitive eating journey or your journey to heal, mend, and strengthen your relationship with food. So what I'm getting at here is I had a couple of experiences when I was traveling where of course I love eating different foods when I travel you know tasting different things I love going out to eat with people I think it can be a really wonderful bonding and experience of connection but as I hinted at a little bit earlier in the episode when I'm going throughout my day-to-day life here in Virginia I work from home I don't have any co-workers as of now <laughs> my future intern can fill that spot so that will be exciting. But, you know, I spend a lot of time with me. So really, you know, in this phase of life, it makes it more or less simple for me to say, well, what do I want to eat right now? <laughs> or, you know, how much food do I need to eat to feel satisfied in this moment? And I can can answer these questions for myself with relative ease. Again, everything's going to be different depending on the day. But what is missing a lot of the times in my day-to-day life is that comparison factor. You know, when I'm not really eating in the presence of anyone, when I am here as a sole individual to make my decision decisions throughout the day, again, before dinner when Ayn gets home and then, you know, that kind of changes things. But throughout, you know, the morning and afternoon, I don't really have the opportunity to compare my hunger levels, my eating behaviors, or my food choices to anyone around me. But then when I go out in the world and I travel and I'm going out to eat with people and I'm, you know, surrounded by friends, or in this case, fellow registered dietitians, which is always super fun, I am reminded that, oh my goodness, it feels different to eat in the presence of other people than it does to eat when you are alone. I do not think that is a bad thing. Again, I think it's something to get curious about and something to learn from, but something that I found myself doing a couple of times when I was traveling, when I was enjoying meals with individuals, is I would find myself slipping into a little bit of comparison, comparing what I was eating, how much I was eating, you know, the types of food I was eating to those around me. And the reason why I am sharing this with you here on the podcast is because I think it's super important to understand that, again, as I said at the beginning of the episode, you know, professionals, we are all doing our own work in our relationship with food and I'm really happy to say that my own relationship with food is so much better and stronger and more nourished than it used to be and that is why I'm able to do what I do on the daily and to help guide other people to that same to that same goal or through that same process, but that doesn't mean that my own personal journey is over. So takeaway number one, I hope you can walk away from this episode knowing that no matter how long you are on your intuitive eating journey or your adventure, that's a fun word, to make your relationship with food the best relationship you can, you know, no matter how much time and effort and energy that you put in, the progress is still not always linear 
linear. There's always going to be ups and downs. There's always going to be moments where you can learn from, you know, things that come up for you and you say, wow, you know, I forgot that I still need to work on this or I still need to have a couple of mantras or reminders to keep the blinders on in my own life to stay focused on what I know to be true about my own body. So that's takeaway number one, whether you've been on a journey like this for a week, a month, or 10 years, there's always something that you can learn and the journey is a never ending one. And I hope you find that to be an exciting fact because I get really excited about that. I don't think it's discouraging. I don't think it's that you've done anything wrong. I think it's, you know, we grow and evolve and change as humans on the daily. So it makes sense that this journey would be reflective of that as well. So that is takeaway number one. Takeaway number two, something that I started to realize again as I was slipping sometimes into these mindsets of, well, what are they doing? Or, oh my goodness, I'm the only one still eating at the table and everyone else has stopped seemingly halfway through or three quarters of the way through their meal. Does that mean I have to stop? Or, you know, this person ordered a salad. Does that mean I shouldn't order the sandwich, right? I kind of had all of these things coming up and I was just picking up on them. I was thinking, wow, you know, I'm really happy that I have awareness that this is kind of going on. What is something that I can do in this moment to bring myself back down into the reality that only I... Claire, only you know what is best for your body, your hunger cues, your mindset in this moment. So again, just to to kind of show that the longer that you are on this journey, the easier these conversations become. A past version of me would have really struggled and I would have lost a lot of mental energy arguing with myself in those moments, you know. I should stop eating or, you know, I should order what they're eating or I shouldn't be eating a snack if they're not eating a snack, right? A past version of me really would have lost a lot of time and energy arguing back and forth with myself in my mind. But this time, again, since I've been on my own personal journey for years now, I'm able to pick up and have awareness on what's happening. And then I say, whoa, 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 what is something that I can remind myself of to just bring myself back into the reality that I'm doing what's best for me and it doesn't matter what other people are doing. So something that I started to remind myself of, I wrote about this in my Facebook community, I made a recent Instagram post on this, so hopefully you've seen this somewhere in some of my content because I think it's so important, but something I started reminding myself of is I cannot let the needs of other people dictate my own needs. I'm going to say that again because I think it's super important and I'm gonna put the word you in there to maybe make it hit home a little bit more. So you do not need to allow the needs of other people to dictate your own needs. Because the fact of the matter is, is that we are all living in different bodies. We all have different preferences. We all have different energy needs. We all need different things to feel like the best version of ourselves. A really pertinent example that I like to share with many of my clients to demonstrate this fact is, well, how do you know when you need to go to the bathroom? 
many clients will look at me and they'll say, all right, she's crazy. First of all, why is she asking me about my need to pee? And I say, no, no, really, you know, how do you know that you need to use the bathroom? And many of my clients will say, well, you know, my bladder feels a little bit full and I just feel like I need to go to the bathroom. So there's this communication between body and mind that says, hey, you have a need that needs to be honored. And most of the time, we don't really have that much of an issue acknowledging that we have a need to go to the bathroom and that is a very normal and a very human need that we all have you know can you agree with that can you agree that when you say i need to pee you don't really go back and forth with yourself arguing saying well do i really need to pee or you know my friend over there she isn't going to the bathroom so do do i really need to go right now or you know i really shouldn't be going if nobody else in the office is going, right? That that sounds a little bit crazy when it comes out of my mouth because oftentimes we don't really compare our needs to the needs of other people when we need to go to the bathroom because it's fairly well understood that since we are all different individuals living in different bodies, eating different types of foods, drinking different amounts of fluids, that it's normal, really very, very normal, that we might have to use the bathroom at different times of the day with different frequencies. We might each spend a different amount of time in there, and we really don't put much thought towards that. So if you're nodding your head saying, all right, Claire, I see where you're going, I see how you're trying to be sneaky and trap me into this corner (laughs) with intuitive eating, but I think we can apply that same example when it comes to food. So how often though, when you feel hungry or when you have a craving for a certain food, but you look around and you see that other people either aren't eating, maybe they're not eating as much, or maybe they're eating more, maybe they're eating a different type of food, and you start to turn back in on yourself and second guess what you're doing. Saying, you know, I shouldn't be eating this much if they're not gonna finish their meal. Or again, if they ordered the salad, should I not order the sandwich? vice versa, right? If they're ordering a sandwich, should I not order a salad? Or, um, you know, if, if we all ate three hours ago and I'm hungry again, but no one else is, does that mean that I shouldn't be eating a snack right now? Um, we really start to kind of turn inward and question this need, this physiological function that we all have to eat when we really don't need to be doing that, right? If we can take something like going to the bathroom, which again is a very human basic need that we all have and we don't question that, then my question to you is why do we need to question and judge and assign labels to our need to eat and to fuel our bodies and to give ourselves energy when it is simply a fact of life that when we're living in different bodies, when we have different activity levels and we have different levels of preference, that it really makes a whole lot of sense that our eating patterns might look different from the patterns of those around us. So this is something that I really started to remind myself of going back to my time in California when I was sitting there at dinner and I was polishing off my plate because your girl has an appetite (laughs) and I was feeling really hungry that day and then dessert came and I was like wow this is so good and right some individuals at my table politely declined dessert which is totally fine there's nothing wrong with that if they did not want that if they were feeling too full but what I had to remind myself of is to not read into their own actions because I don't know what's going on in their body and similarly they don't know what 
what's going on in my body. So the analogy that I will leave you with, which I think is something that I alluded to a little bit earlier in the episode is how can you remind yourself to be like the horse with blinders on when it comes to your intuitive eating journey, when it comes to your life as a whole, right? We can be in the company of other horses. We can have a good time with them, but when it comes to what those other horses or those other humans are doing to honor their own needs and to stand in their own truth and to do what they know is best for their body. We don't really need to be looking around and assigning judgments to their habits or our own as a consequence because only you, only we as the individuals know what is best for our bodies, whether that's going to the bathroom, whether that's choosing what food we eat, whether that's, you know, opting to have a snack, whether that's, you know, choosing one food over the other, only we know what is best for us. And if you don't judge your need to go to the bathroom because that is a normal biological human need, then we also can work to tease out or, or separate some judgments that we have around our eating behavior because my friend, you have to do that as well. It is very similar to to using the bathroom in that way. So I hope this episode found you well. I hope it maybe gives you a little bit of excitement, hope, insert whatever word is fitting here for you to know that professionals, that you know, intuitive eating dietitians like myself, we are still working on our own journeys as well. And it's exciting that this adventure is one that always has something different for us to learn and it's never ending in that way. So I'd love to know if you are taking away something really helpful, an analogy, a reminder away from this episode, I would love for you to share that with me and to share it with anyone else who might resonate or might be helped from hearing a message like this. So the best ways that you can do that is you can always take a screenshot of wherever you are listening to this podcast and you can upload it to a social media site. Be sure to tag me at Claire Tuning if you do. Let me know your takeaway from this episode. Um, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, you can also get a direct link to share this episode with anyone who you might think will benefit from it. So you can tap the three little dots in the right hand bottom corner of your screen and say copy link or shareable link or it'll say something like that you can email it message it dm it to your friend your dog your grandma i don't know anyone who can benefit from this message and of course if you are loving what you are hearing here on the yours julie podcast and you come back week after week to get little knowledge nuggets nuggets of value pb and j puns whatever the heck you come to the podcast for please take a few moments if you feel so inclined to tap that five star rating and to leave a review to let us know what you are learning and what you love about the show but until next week, my friends. That is all I have. Yours truly, Claire.